This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm talking about iodine, why you need it, why you're probably not getting enough, and what it can do to improve your thyroid function and even to decrease cancer risk. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode. I'm going to start talking a little bit about supplements at least once a month because for sure that's a topic that most of us need to know about. I, for one, have always thought that everything should come from food and I have a really healthy diet for the most part. I always figured I didn't need any supplements until a few years ago and I did micronutrient testing, which is something that I really recommend for patients who are interested in finding out what they really need. There's a company called SpectraCell. We can draw the blood in our office and it tests every micronutrient to see what we're really truly deficient in so we can target certain supplements or even better find foods to replace those things that we need. So I got really interested in what we need, what we're missing, how to know what supplements we need to take or how to replace those things with food, which is preferential. So we're not taking a whole bucket of stuff from the vitamin store that we don't really need and spending a whole bunch of money on things that we don't really need. So that led me down the path of really getting into studying supplements and supplement science and food science. And I'm going to share some of that with you today. So the first nutrient that I want to talk about is iodine. So many of us don't know much about iodine. I can tell you up until a year or two ago, I didn't know anything about iodine because we're not taught about this stuff in medical school. So by the end of this talk, if you listen to it all the way through, you're going to know way more than most doctors know about iodine for sure. So iodine occurs in nature. It's concentrated in the ocean. So it's in it's in seafood, it's in sea plants. So in places where they eat lots of seafood and particularly sea plants like seaweed, people get lots of iodine and a lot of health conditions that are associated with low iodine are very rare. So think about countries like Japan or certain countries in Northern Europe where they eat fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have really good iodine levels. And then conversely in the United States, Many of us don't eat a lot of seafood. Most people don't eat seaweed regularly. I'd really like to. I love seaweed salad, but I don't eat it that often. In certain parts of the country, especially in the middle of the country, seafood's not eaten as much as it is closer to the coast. And in addition, the soil is really depleted in iodine. So 50, 100 or more years ago, there was also iodine in the soil and that got into our plants and we could get iodine in our diet that way. So there's lots of reasons why over the past 50 years in particular, iodine consumption for Americans has really decreased. So some of the research that I've done suggests that in the past 50 years, the average amount of iodine in the American human body has decreased by 50%, which is really pretty remarkable because it's associated with a lot of diseases that have not coincidentally become more common. So long story short, we need iodine in our diet and we're not getting enough with very few exceptions. When tests are done on American people, men and women, more than 90% of us are iodine deficient. Isn't that amazing? Yet it's something that we don't really talk about. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the diseases and illnesses that can 
result from not getting enough iodine. Interestingly, these diseases occur much more rarely in countries where iodine is taken in more sufficient amounts. So we'll talk about that too. So I was not getting much iodine at all in my diet because I'm vegetarian. I don't eat fish. I eat seaweed sometimes. Maybe if I go and eat sushi, but that might be once every two weeks at the most. I also don't eat iodized salt. So this is an interesting fact. And many of us believe, and I was taught that the iodine deficiency issue was solved in the 1920s when the U.S. government recognizing that iodine was deficient in most places of the country, they added it to table salt. So cheap table salt has iodine added to it, similar to putting fluoride in the water to help with dental caries, which actually has shown to not work. But the government occasionally puts things in our food supply or water supply in order to correct deficiencies that are known to be there. So back in the 1920s, this was recognized. Iodine was added to table salt, but now we don't eat table salt. Most of us are eating Himalayan rock salt or other types of non-iodized salt. And we're recognizing that salt's not very healthy to consume in large amounts. So I'm not getting iodine that way. I'm also not getting much iodine in my vegetables because the soil that it's grown in, if I'm eating local foods, is very depleted in iodine. And then other reasons why we're not getting iodine include taking in foods that have a competitor of iodine. One of them is bromide or bromine, either name works, which actually was added to the commercial baking industry production system. Some part of the baking system uses bromine in the production. They used to use iodine. They changed to bromine. So we're getting that in commercial baking products. And that kicks iodine off of its receptor. It's a competitor for iodine. So long story short, eating bromide, which is a toxic halogen, it's not good for anything. Not only is it not good for us, but it actually decreases our ability to bind iodine. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why we're not getting enough. And then what happens when we don't get enough iodine? Well, I have noticed in my practice that about 50%, and I'm not exaggerating, of our patients over 50 years old have low or decreasing function of their thyroid gland. So as you know, the thyroid gland is in your neck. It produces two primary hormones. They're called T4 and T3. Interestingly, that name is because T4 is surrounded by four iodine molecules and T3 is surrounded by three. But suffice to say, the thyroid needs iodine to function. It's primary in the function of our thyroid gland. So when our iodine levels are low, and actually the bromide that I talked about attaches to some of those receptors in the thyroid and blocks iodine. So instead of iodine being attached to our thyroid, we have bromine instead of what we really need. Our thyroid doesn't work as well. And so it's been shown in many studies that having adequate iodine is associated with better thyroid function. And going back to countries like Japan, they have a way lower incidence of hypothyroidism or low thyroid and the condition called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition where we actually produce an antibody that attacks one of the enzymes that's involved in producing thyroid hormone. And all of that is related to iodine deficiency. So it's very, very fascinating. So for quite some time, 
in my practice and many other practices, patients with low thyroid have been advised to take iodine and another nutrient called selenium because both of those are very actively involved in the enzymatic processes that cause our thyroid to function properly. But I didn't really know why. And the amounts were very vague. We didn't really know how much to recommend. But there's some pretty good science about that. And going back again to countries like Japan, where those diseases are much more rare, the average intake of iodine in Japanese people is between 12 to 15 milligrams daily. So 12 to 15 milligrams daily is the average amount that a Japanese person would eat with their cultural diet. Now, in the United States, the recommended daily amount of iodine is less than one milligram. In fact, it's 125 micrograms, which is a minuscule amount. And interestingly, that's the amount that the government at the time determined was enough to take care of the most severe problems that we see with iodine deficiency, like what used to be called cretinism. It's a very severe form of mental retardation. And goiter, which is just frank enlargement of the thyroid from just florid low thyroid. So a tiny bit of iodine is going to take care of those very severe problems. But in order to really get the benefit from having the adequate amount of iodine throughout our body, we actually need much more than that. And our sisters and brothers in Japan have shown that an average of 12 to 15 milligrams I know it sounds crazy, but that is more than 100 times the United States recommended daily amount of iodine, reduces thyroid disease, and also some other diseases that I'll get to, like breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer. So this is a really important nutrient to have in our diet. And since we're not getting it in our food for the most part, we need to take it in the form of a supplement. How much is enough? Well, going back to the Japanese sisters and brothers that we have, around 12.5 milligrams, which is what's in this product that I take called Iodorol. Now you can get Iodorol on Amazon. It is cheap. 180 days, I think costs $20 or something like that. Um, Because it's a a very uh, easy to produce substance, it's not expensive. Taking it daily, that is not too much. Actually, many patients take a lot more than that. And it's very difficult to measure. In fact, to accurately measure whether you're iodine deficient, you have to collect your urine for 24 hours after you've taken a high dose of iodine and see how much of it you're expelling and how much of it you're keeping. And that's really difficult to do. So another way is just to ask a lot of questions. So when my patients come in, we talk about your diet. We look at your thyroid function. And it's very reasonable to assume that if your thyroid function is low, or frankly, even if it isn't yet, and your diet is not rich in iodine, which is almost everybody, that you're going to be deficient in iodine. And then a short course of taking some iodine to see if you feel better. And if your thyroid function improves, that's the most sensible way, in my opinion, to go about it. So my personal story is that my T3, which is one of the thyroid hormones, it's the most active form of thyroid was trending downward. And now I take iodine, it has returned to normal, and I don't take thyroid medication. And that is not an uncommon situation at all, especially for women our age, because our thyroid is struggling enough just to keep up with being 
50 some years old and it cannot function without adequate iodine. So definitely recommend anybody with low thyroid should be taking an adequate amount of iodine. And really anybody who does not have low thyroid yet may want to consider it as well. Now, a really interesting thing is that many traditional doctors are going to really rail against this idea because I was taught in med school 25 years ago, and many of your doctors were taught the same, that taking iodine was a bad idea. Just like the what we know, learn now about how taking hormones don't cause cancer, a lot of things have been learned in the past 20 years. And some of the things that we were taught are just flat out wrong. So I was taught, like most doctors, that the recommended daily amount of iodine, that 125 micrograms, that teeny tiny bit, was adequate and that we didn't need any more than that and that everybody got enough from table salt and that the problem was solved because we were not seeing cretinism anymore and goiter, the giant enlarged thyroid, you know, that had decreased for sure. But we were wondering why hypothyroidism and breast cancer and certain other cancers were on the rise, dramatically on the rise. And not to say that iodine is the only cause of that, but certainly it does play a part. Lots and lots of studies have shown an association between having low thyroid and breast cancer, or having low iodine and breast cancer, and those are related. That also applies to prostate cancer for men. And again, we see in Japan, men and women in Japan have a dramatically lower incidence of breast cancer and prostate cancer. Now, if they move to the United States and change to our American diet, their risk goes back to the same as ours. So it's not genetic, it is diet related. And that's been very clear in multiple studies. So another thing to know is that if you just bought a bottle of iodoral, which you could do on Amazon and started taking it every day, you might experience what we call the bromide flu. And you would not feel good and you would stop taking it and you would think that it made you sick. Well, that's not what happened. Uh, what happens when you start, or start taking iodine, if you're deficient, is that your thyroid gland absorbs the iodine because that's really what it wants to do. It, it's taking up iodine as it's supposed to. And the bromide that was attached to your thyroid gland's iodine receptors is then displaced. And you have an elevation of bromide in your bloodstream, which is a toxic substance. And it can cause kind of flu-like symptoms for a few days, like any type of detox getting rid of those nasty chemicals can make us feel bad for a few days and then we feel much better. So I recommend starting to take it slowly, maybe twice a week and then every other day and then go up to taking it daily so that those symptoms are minimized. And in that case, for most patients, you won't really notice it, but definitely starting it with a big bang, you can experience some unpleasant side effects. Again, not from the iodine, but from the displacement of bromide, which gosh, we want to displace that. Bromide is not good for anything. And as I mentioned, it's in uh, commercial baking products. Hard to avoid getting that. It's in pesticides. It's in certain chemicals that are put on computers and other devices. So it's in the environment, but it has no use for humans. We do not need to consume bromide at all. So iodine is great for improving our thyroid function, Lots of studies suggest that it reduces the incidence of breast cancer. It also reduces fibrocystic non-cancerous conditions of the breast. 
a lot of different benefits that patients notice when they start on iodine. Aches and pains can go away. There's just numerous symptoms that can improve. So since it's harmless to try, I recommend giving it a try. And again, start on it twice a week, go up to every other day, and then slowly go up to once a day. I personally take the 12.5 milligram dose, but many people take more. If you're a big guy weighing 250 pounds, some people take up to 50 milligrams a day. Now, like anything, you can get too much of absolutely anything. So too much iodine is not safe. So we don't want to take the whole bottle. But again, remember, average Japanese diet has 12 to 15 milligrams a day. So there's no scenario where 12.5 milligrams is too much. If your doctor argues with you about that, you can just have them look at the science of what Japanese people eat. And in fact, they are much healthier than we are. So I think that's a good lesson. Now, just a little comment on what it is that you're taking. If you take one of these iodine products, some of them are called potassium iodide. And some of them are just iodine. And if you remember anything from chemistry, that's just a matter of oxidation. It's adding an extra electron. One or the other works just fine. So some products are a combination of both, and iodorol is in that category. Why combine both? Well, there's a little bit of science around some organs preferring one version or the other, but probably doesn't much matter. Um, Products that have potassium iodide as the source of iodine are perfectly fine. I've given them to many patients, and sometimes uh, the pharmacist will get really upset and be worried that that's too much potassium. In fact, I've never seen a patient taking potassium iodide who ever had elevated potassium. That just doesn't happen. It's not like taking potassium. It's a salt. It's a combination of potassium and iodine, and it does not elevate your potassium. In fact, I've never seen that happen. I've also never seen anyone develop hyper or high thyroid by taking iodine. That's another myth that we were taught in medical school. So the fact is, it just happens so rarely that I've never seen it. My colleagues have never seen it. And what we do see is just an improvement in thyroid function for the average person. So keep in mind, this is not a poisonous chemical. This is a substance that used to be in our food source. It's now been depleted for all of the reasons that I mentioned. And in countries where it's not depleted, the people are way healthier. So we we just have to adapt to the fact that, unfortunately, our American diet has become very, very meager in some of the very important nutrients that we need because of living in land, not eating a very diet, having different stuff added to bakery products, not eating salt not eating seafood, (laughs) all of the things that have happened. And then our soil obviously being very depleted over the years. So that's the first of my little mini lessons on what we need to take. And again, the best source of all vitamins and supplements is always food. So if you want to eat a seaweed salad every day, that is a fantastic idea. I often joke that when I get my seaweed salad butler, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'll just have him bring me my salad every day and we'll be good. But until then, I'm going to take my 12.5 milligrams of iodorol daily, or you might choose to take a different product that has a similar amount of potassium iodide in it. And then chances are your thyroid will function better. 
If you're on thyroid medication, about one third of patients can drop the dose of their thyroid medication down over time. So it may temporarily elevate your thyroid in a good way so that you can get off your meds or at least decrease them. So on that note, if you are a patient on thyroid medication and you start taking iodine, you need to check your thyroid about four to six weeks later because chances are you can drop your medication levels down. And isn't that great? Some people can even get off of them altogether. So just a little bit about iodine. If you learned something today, don't forget to subscribe right here, share with your friends. And I'll be back next week sharing some more information about empowering midlife wellness and particularly starting a series on supplements, what we need and what we don't. So stay tuned and I can't wait to talk to you next week.